We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0, and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe! From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair... Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hey, before we get into today's interview with Omaha Storm Chasers President Marty Cordero, just wanted to address a couple quick things. Uh, first and foremost, we had a little bit of problem with the recording software we used for uh, the the audio today. Um, it, it comes in fuzzy in a few spots. It, I tried to clean it up, but frankly, the, you'd need a better producer than me for that one. But uh, bear with me. It's a really good interview with Marty. He was very generous with his time. Uh, secondly, we recorded this before the announcement of the cancellation of the 2020 minor league season. And while that's something that I think both Marty and I were running with the assumption that that was a thing that was going to happen, um, it, it again is just really sad news for anyone who cares about minor league baseball. I would highly encourage anyone to go buy some Omaha Storm Chasers merch or just anything from your local minor league baseball team, minor league sporting franchise. Uh, really, you know, help them stick around, you know, be back for 2021. Um, I myself bought my son a, a cool Omaha Storm Chasers hat, and then I went and bought myself a Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, I'm calling it a dad cap. It's the daddest cap that ever dadded. I've always wanted a Montgomery Biscuits hat, and I decided to uh, to make the cancellation of the season the reason for that purchase. But yeah, go um, go support your local minor league team. Uh, just go to their website, MILB.com. I'll put a link in the show notes. But uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoys this interview with uh, Marty Cordero. We talk uh, 50 summers and just his career throughout minor league baseball. It's a good one. Blue Wire.
All right, welcome back to a special episode of Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Banduho. If you have been listening to this podcast for a while, you'll know that I've been hyping up the baseball documentary 50 Summers just as much as I possibly can. If you haven't watched it yet, it is on Amazon Prime. I, I don't know what you're doing with your life if you haven't watched this movie yet and you listen to this podcast. Uh, earlier this year, we talked to director Dan Napoli and producer Bill Hipsher. A couple of weeks ago, we talked to Rob Crane, who is now with the Pawtucket Red Sox. Since I cannot quit this documentary, today we are talking to the straw that stirs the drink for pro baseball in Omaha, president and GM of the Omaha Storm Chasers, Marty Cordero. Marty, thanks so much for joining me today. Kyle, I really appreciate you having me on today, and I appreciate the kind comments on uh, Dan Napoli and Bill Hipsher's film, 50 Summers. I tell you, it really captured uh, minor league baseball nicely, and then obviously specific to our plight uh, here in the Omaha metro area for 51 plus years. As a former MILB intern and just huge baseball fan, the film just hit on so many levels for me. Um, before we start talking about that in particular, Marty, can you tell the listeners kind of what your job entails for the Storm Chasers and give a rundown of your career, how you got to Omaha, how you got working in baseball, because it, it features a pretty cool story of betting on yourself in, in multiple ways. <laughs> well, you're, ki- you're kind, and yes, I'll, I'll try to give you the Cliff Notes version, but I'm originally from Ruston, Louisiana. I grew up, uh, like many that are in uh, the sports world, uh, playing the sport that you ended up working in. So I played baseball from a young age. I also played drums, uh, so I have a music background. And I ended up going to Louisiana Tech University. Uh, I ended up moving from education, where I was going to be a baseball coach. I moved into marketing. Uh, that was after the band that I played in. We signed a record deal, traveled and toured, and I learned a lot during those times. It was not unlike uh, working in small minor league parks and dealing with drunks on Thirsty Thursday. So I learned a lot in my music years, uh, both on that end and then from a marketing perspective. But I was fortunate, uh, Kyle, to go to the baseball winter meetings in Nashville, Tennessee in December of 1998, just a month after I graduated from Louisiana Tech. And I was fortunate to get a number of job opportunities uh, presented to me. Uh, some were hockey, uh, some were baseball, some were basketball. That was the last year that the winter meetings job fair uh, was a conglomerate and a mix of all sports and all leagues. And to this day, I still question and wonder why, why there were any other teams other than major minor league baseball. But long story short, I ended up moving from Ruston, Louisiana to Jackson, Tennessee. And at that time, uh, the team there was affiliated with the Chicago Cubs. That was the West 10 Diamond Jacks. And I took a group sales job uh, making the lofty salary of uh, 600 bucks per month. And I ended up topping out at $13,000 my first year selling groups. So I don't really know how myself and my, at the time, three-year-old son ate uh, and did anything fun. But uh, that was the beginning of the journey. And Along the way, I ended up spending four years in Jackson, Tennessee, and I met my lovely bride, Sarah, there as I screwed up a sweet order while I was selling groups, and I went to apologize to the client and make it right, and she was putting herself through school, and she was working the suites, so baseball's been great to me, Uh, and uh, Sarah and I got married there in Jackson, and then our path together began, and then we ended up in Birmingham, Alabama for two years in the old ballpark at Hoover Met. Uh, I was director of sales there, and then... Uh, Alan Stein 
and uh, Bill Shea and David Hirsch, they hired me for my first GM job, which was in Battlefield, Michigan. And uh, Sarah and I moved there for a couple of years. And, you know, while we were there, we learned a lot. Uh, Battle Creek uh, has since become the Great Lakes Loons. I did not make the trek up to Midland, Michigan, uh, because I had the great opportunity uh, to come to Omaha. At the time uh, that I was working in Battle Creek, uh, the ownership group purchased the Omaha Royals. And then I was transferred here along with Rob Crane, who I know you visited with uh, before here on this podcast. And uh, Rob and I came to Omaha in fall of 06, and I was assistant GM when I first moved here. And then after a year here, promoted to GM. And then we went through the rebrand, went through the ballpark uh, build. We closed down Rosenblatt on September 2nd, 2010. And then we opened uh, Warner Park uh, to high school baseball on April 8th, 2011. And then um, I believe it was the 16th of April, the day after we were supposed to open uh, Storm Chasers Baseball here at Warner Park. We finally, finally had our home opener here. And, uh, you know, that after that first year, I was promoted to president uh, as well as my general manager title. And then this past fall, I recently gave up uh, the general manager title. and We promoted longtime assistant Lori Schlender, who was... Rawlings Woman of the Year uh, three years back uh, for here in minor league baseball. And uh, now I'm president of both baseball and Union Omaha, which is our foray into soccer. Uh, We'll be playing at the USL League One level, maybe yet this year. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the virus. Uh, And if we don't get started, then obviously we'll have both baseball and soccer here at Warner Park in 2021. Well, you're a man that wears many hats. Uh, let's get into 50 Summers. Covers 50 years of baseball in Omaha. Uh, Marty, you're in the opening scene of 50 Summers. I think you have the most screen time. If not, you're right up there. Maybe you, J.J. Cooper. Uh, what is the process for you of finding out that there's going to be a documentary made about baseball in Omaha? Well, we normally get started uh, quite early, Kyle, when we're, when, we're, when we're doing promotions and marketing. We want to do things uh, proper. We want to vet things. So the 18 season was our 50th year. So it was late 16, early 17. I was putting together a 50th season committee of media members, sponsors, baseball folks, just a number of people here in the community. It was a committee of about 10 of us. And about that time, I got a call from Bill Hipsher, and he was joking about, hey, we'd like to do a movie on the 50th season uh, for, you know, for the Omaha Storm Chasers, and we'd like to, you know, feature that, and, you know, we'd like to do a little documentary on it, you know, 30, 45 minutes, we'll, you know, see what comes of it, and I'm like, okay, whatever, and I quickly found out he wasn't joking, he was serious, and over time, we negotiated, you know, what our arrangement would be, and then over time, the film then developed into something more than just about our 50th season. It became 50 summers, and it became more than Omaha. It became talking about the growth of the game. It talked about logos. Uh, It talked about Durham. It talked about a number of other locations and just how important that the 160 communities around the country mean not only to their respective markets, but mean to the greater game the greater profession, the greater industry that is baseball and has been baseball. And I think that story is quite relevant right now in light of what the Houston plan and what the MLB owners plan is to roll back and to actually shrink our game instead of strengthening it and growing it. Yeah, that's something that is uh, 
very much at the forefront. It it truly angers me. Uh, I don't. I, there, it'd be another podcast to talk about what they're talking about doing as far as cutting franchises and and just making the the minor league industry, the minor league game, worse off. Um, but as far as the doc, what you know, not only did you do interviews, but you you know you had the. I guess, is there any added difficulty in having to do your job with cameras in your face? Uh, maybe, you know, one of the things that we really try to do here and we're not perfect at it, but we really try to be transparent and in all things that we do. Obviously there are times when we have to be confidential and we have to be more discreet, but you know, private financial data or whatever it might be. But you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big change as far as having the cameras uh, and and you know watching what we said or doing things different. That wasn't the issue. The issue was don't look at the cameras. You know, it was almost like I was learning to do media interviews all over again twenty years ago when they say look at the inter- look at the person interviewing, don't look at the camera. It was more of that, Kyle. Um, but you know, to to have. Uh, have a crew that you knew um, that that was filming you also was probably something that kind of eased um, eased the, the the feelings or eased the moments you know and Dan and his crew did such a great job and Dan you know being someone who actually played baseball and and grew up going to Omaha Royals games at Rosenblatt Stadium with which I with which I think is awesome and then Bill Hipsher has an even deeper uh, affection and went to even more games uh, at Rosenblatt Stadium for the Omaha Royals. And, um, no, it was great, and, and I think I think the guys did a great job. And, again, in watching the film, I was expecting more about the 50th season, but I think that how they captured it in talking about the plight of of professional baseball here in Omaha and many of the media members here when I took over as GM in 07 said, Marty, good luck. This is the most difficult minor league baseball market in the country. Why? Because of the College World Series, my initial response was, okay, whatever. We're going to be competitive and, you know, we're going to change things and we're going to do things a little bit different and we're going to be successful. And the whole, the entire community didn't buy into that. It took several years and quite frankly, a number are still uh, being converted to this day, and I and I would probably argue that it's not the most difficult uh, minor league market. But I would I, I would probably agree that it's top five, top ten. It's very challenging. It's very it is very different. Um, you know, the College World Series is great for the economy here. It's great for the market, uh, but I wouldn't exactly say that it's great for growing the game of professional baseball. Well, the the documentary does a great job in expressing how much baseball in general has meant to the city, you know, from the College World Series to, you know, baseball is just very ingrained in Omaha. You think of, you you say Omaha, you think of baseball, but a lot of that, yes, is tied into the College World Series. One of my favorite parts of the, the doc is the development of Warner Park for two reasons. One, it's a gorgeous park. You get incredible drone shots of it in the movie. It is absolutely on my bucket list now. I desperately need to go. Uh, I also live in a city where you know I'm hoping we get a new park soon. I live just outside of San Antonio, so it's kind of something to dream on. Uh, it, it's cool to watch this process unfold. But there's a story mentioned uh, about meeting with an attorney from Sarpy County, I think Lee Polakov, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, to essentially teach them 
about minor league baseball. How did you pitch that? What did you tell someone whose investment and approval you needed about what minor league baseball can bring to a community? Well, the visit was actually set up by one of our former ticket holders and a good friend of mine named Paul. I won't disclose his last name. Maybe one of the first time. Maybe one. Maybe one of the only times I've ever said his first name. So, uh, Paul called me uh, right at some point in time, early '08, Kyle, and said, "Hey, I'd love to facilitate a meeting with the county attorney in Sarpy uh, and um, to talk about baseball." And I'm sitting in. I can remember I was in my car. I think saying, why would I want to talk to the county attorney about baseball? I haven't done anything wrong. What's, what's, what's happening? Come to find out, um, there was an interest because Sarpy County at the time was, was one of the fastest growing counties in Nebraska. And now it's one of the fastest growing counties in the entire country as it continues to grow. And Lee uh, had an interest in learning about minor league baseball to see if he could connect the organization to the right people in the community and in Sarpy County government um, to learn more about minor league baseball. So your question was simply just sharing with him, you know, the, the facts and the statistics on what minor league baseball was from a fan uh, perspective and what minor league baseball was uh, from a talent uh, development perspective and, and what it could mean to the specific market of Sarpy County and continue to mean to the greater Omaha metro area for which Sarpy County did truly save professional baseball. Because if this ballpark wouldn't have happened, you know, we would have been looking at anywhere else in the country that was in the Pacific Coast League footprint because we had upwards of 15 other communities that had reached out to the then President Alan Stein uh, to, to talk about the Omaha franchise potentially relocating. And from there, Lee then connected uh, to a couple of uh, county board officials. And then Alan Stein, our team president, was flying back to Lexington, Kentucky. And he just happened to run into Mark Wayne and never met Mark Wayne before. Mark Wayne was the county administrator here in Sarpy at the time. And he was going to visit his daughter in Louisville, Kentucky. And they ended up having a flight delay in Memphis. And Mark introduced himself to Alan. And then that, and that happened within the same week that I met Lee Polikoff. So it was really kind of, uh, you know, things happen for reasons. And, you know, that was something that just kind of happened, happened for a reason. Well, the, the film does a really incredible job of showing that whole process and, and making it really special when you, you see Werner Park and you see all the drone shots and it looks incredible. Um, I want to get into kind of you and how you go about your business and the business in general. I talked to Rob about this on a normal episode of this podcast, just talking about a movie when we talk about a sports movie coach in terms of do they pass the brick wall test? Would you run through a brick wall to play for this guy like Denzel's character and remember the Titans? You and Rob, I told Rob this, are brick wall guys. In the movie, you say you, you're hard to work for and you guys use the phrase match my intensity. How does one match your intensity? What's the secret to working for Marty or just working in MILB in general? Uh, I think you have to be hard-headed to a degree of, um, you know, not hard-headed towards the organization or toward me, but hard-headed to filter out the things that really don't matter. You know, in, in society today, everybody wants to be liked. I mean, everybody wants to, 
have a million followers on Twitter and everybody wants to say the right thing, you know, but it's, it's also about doing the right thing and, you know, being honest with your client and telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. So it's the same thing internally with our organization. And, you know, people that get it, that for me, it's about being successful as an organization, not as an individual. Now, of course, you have to have a number of individuals have individual success to make the whole complete. And, and I, and, you know, that, that's not something that, that, that gets lost on me, but, you know, match the intensity, you know, you know, I'm the guy who I don't know that I would do what I did all over again. When I left Louisiana, I was a single dad of a three-year-old going to work in minor league baseball. Not very many people go to work in minor league baseball by themselves, much less with a three-year-old kid. And you don't know how you're going to feed them and you don't know anybody in the market to babysit. So, you know, th- that's what I come from. I, I, I come from a background you, you can normally outwork 98% of people that you work with, uh, but you're not going to outsmart 98% of the people that you work with. But if you can out-effort and you can be intense, you can be honest, you, know, you, can, you can work hard, but you can be genuine, you can be kind, and you can develop real relationships to where you're calling someone saying, hey, you know, Let's get together to visit about what we're going to do together this season and next season. Not, hey, do you want to work with us this season? And we want to develop relationships to where it's not a one or two year partnership sponsorship. We want to turn it into a five, 10, 15 year partnership. And I can tell you, Kyle, that has been so important during the past three plus months to have sponsors and partners uh, that tell us. We understand we're not going to get as much value as we normally do because there may be no baseball or minimal baseball, but we understand the value you are as a company to the community, and we're going to support you, and we're going to be behind you, and we will work through this together instead of, I need a refund. I want to tear my contract up. You know, that, those conversations have been less than 5% uh, during the last three plus months, and that's the match my intensity. You know, all, all of that goes together to 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 create what that phrase is. And I think Rob created that uh, phrase. I cannot take credit for that. And I think he used to use that with his sales team. Uh, and he used to challenge them to match his intensity. And I think he got that from having to match my intensity, or he was gonna go back to just being a Boston fan doing something else. Well, that's the the perfect lead into what I wanted to talk about next. Um, one thing Rob says in the movie is that you get 72 days a year to open. This has obviously changed this year. You're, you're, we're in a, a new kind of uncertain era. I hate using the phrase uncertain because everyone's using it. But, you know, you talk about being in the minor league baseball business, the people business. What are you doing in Omaha right now to keep that business going, new ideas, revenue streams? And do you see any of this continuing even when, you know, MILB returns hopefully in a, you know, kind of a normal setting, you know, optimistically next year? Do you see anything that you're doing now being a kind of the future of minor league baseball? Well, I think the world has already changed. We just don't know what that new normal is yet because we're not open and we're not playing. We sure as all hell hope that it's not permanently socially distanced ballparks because it's difficult for us to actually physically uh, remove seats and put them somewhere else due to the cement. 
So I think that everything we're doing, Kyle, related to special events, related to social distance type events, are critically important, not only to the current landscape that we're living in, but potentially because those are things we're going to have to do in some in some shape or form going forward. And I think that those of us in minor league baseball, uh, I don't think I know that those of us in minor league baseball are uh, better suited uh, than most other uh, professional sports leagues, specifically the major leagues, uh, because we're not just focused on the sport. We're focused on really everything but the sport, because we know that the Royals take care of and do a fantastic job at providing us that talent and players. But, you know, whether it's the drive-in fireworks that we had success with early on, I think we were the only fireworks show in the country in the month of April, Uh, or it's the, you know, pick up at the park, uh, you know, food pickup, which so many teams have done, and we've just been a small part of that. You know, to play catch on the field and a number of other special events. You know, we're going to be the only uh, fireworks show in the Omaha Metro this coming Friday on July 3rd. Uh, there's not another public show that's happening. Everything else has been canceled. And yes, it is extremely difficult. Yes, it's been laborious. Uh, to set up a new seating schematic, no, we're not able to sell tickets online and everything is done old-fashioned, either on the phone or face-to-face, uh, because we're only able to sell roughly 23, 2,400 seats to adhere to social distancing policies. But the damn show must go on. We have to continue to push forward. We have to continue to be a community leader, and we need to be an example for other companies uh, to be able to look at and say, you know what, although it may not net us as much money. It's important to the fabric of XYZ community. In our case, it's the Omaha Metro and specifically Sarpy County and the city of Papillion. And that's how we go about our business. And I think that's what I've learned more than anything else during COVID with everything that uh, one of our assistant general managers, Andrea Bedore, she manages our special events. She's just been, she's just been fierce in adding events and you know, are we making thousands of dollars each event? Absolutely not. Are we making hundreds? Yeah, sometimes. And those add up because they are net positive dollars. But it's more about staying relevant and continuing to be creative and continuing to be a community leader. It might be difficult to say right now, but what advice could you give to someone who is wanting to start a career in sports right now? Is there anything more you can say than just like hold on and wait? Well, there are opportunities out there. Uh, I know Rob Crane's had a recent podcast on front office um, that um, that talked about that. Um, and, and there are opportunities. So I wouldn't say just hold on and wait. I think this is an opportunity to network. Uh, I think, you know, whether it be connecting through LinkedIn, or whether it be sending emails, uh, the old-fashioned way of sending handwritten notes and letters, it's how you get my attention normally. Um, I, I think there, I think, I think there is time to network. This isn't a time to sell yourself. You know, sending resumes, maybe, maybe not. You know, unfortunately, you know, we have cut down from thirty full time to eight full time uh, as we speak today. Obviously, our intent is to staff back up whenever we might get uh, word on the twenty twenty season or. Uh, find out what our 2021 schedule will be. Uh, but I do think that this is a time where you can make connections. Uh, 
and you can, you know, you can share your successes as someone who's either been an intern, someone who has worked hourly for a club, or someone who has full-time experience for one or multiple clubs. But then let's face it, there are a lot of people uh, that are out of work right now in the sports industry, not just not only baseball, but sports in general, whether it's collegiate, whether it's professional, uh, minor league, professional major league, a lot of people are, are, are out of jobs. So right now it's really about networking and positioning. Big Screen Sports is presented by BetOnline.ag. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. You know what you didn't hear in this ad? MLB, because MLB has lost its mind. I don't know when we're going to be able to bet on it, but you can pretty much bet on everything else right now, so that's great. Uh, looking for something other than sports? Bet Online has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag, use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Yeah, it's it's a difficult time for everyone. Um, you know, sports have always been an appealing career, but it's definitely a difficult industry. I, I can say I told Rob this: uh, being a being a minor league intern was the you know the best job I've ever had, but one of the toughest jobs I've ever had. Um, so I, I think anyone anyone going into work in minor league baseball needs to be prepared for a grind, which I think is something. Um, Rob also said, uh, something I wanted, I wanted to ask you about is something kind of cheerful, something special to me. You're so ingrained in baseball and just through your job that you're an investor in baseball America. It's a publication that is very important to me. I obviously do another podcast, uh, for them. What, what about that, that publication do you think is important for baseball, important to keep going and, and what, you know, what motivated you to get involved in that? Well, from a minor league baseball standpoint there is there there isn't another publication that writes and reports on minor league baseball uh, as baseball america does there are some that do major league baseball there are others uh, um, that do college baseball Uh, and there's really only one that i think does college baseball well and that's that's d1 and it's my good friend kyle peterson who's also an investor in Union Omaha Soccer Club with me here in Omaha. So we're all connected somehow, Kyle, all connected. Uh, But on the Baseball America side, you know, what drew me to that is Gary Green, uh, our principal owner here in Omaha, both the Storm Chasers and the Union Omaha Soccer side. Uh, He and I have become friends over the years. He's he's become one of my mentors. He obviously has been my boss since June of 2012. He had an opportunity in early 17 to basically save Baseball America, uh, and to make sure that it still existed, and you know, he he wanted he he asked if I wanted to be a part uh, of the investor group, and of course, I jumped at the opportunity to do that at a very small level. You know, I'm not involved in any day to day or even month to month activities there. Uh, but Baseball America, it's important. You know, it's important what BJ and JJ and all the writers do there, and they do such a great job. And you know, I think the the new a refreshed online book over the last year and a half and a new monthly publication. I think there are a lot of positives and, you know, the things that we've been doing with Softball America, uh, there's, there's a lot of upside, a lot of upside there. And, you know, during COVID, uh, you know, draft coverage uh, shrunk quite a bit because 
There were no college games being played. There were no high school games being played. But Baseball America continued to roll on uh, with their draft features and uh, the draft forecast. And you know, I would have to say, though, doing five rounds is a lot easier than doing 40. Yeah, I am very biased, but I will say that Baseball America is a very important publication. I appreciate that you support it. I think every listener should support it. Uh, I have something to ask you that's not about baseball at all. Since quarantine has started, you have been showering your Instagram with pictures of beer. Everything from craft beer to natter days. What's the best <laughs> beer that you have sampled during quarantine? Oh, I don't. That's, that's, that's a tough one. Um, um, all of them. I, but you know, I have to answer Alestorm, right? That's our team beer here. And, you know, that's, 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 that's one of our business endeavors. Alestorm by Nebraska Brewing Company is one. I'm not quite sure you can get it in, in markets around the country this year due to uh, limited productivity, uh, limited production because of uh, not knowing if we're going to need it here at the park this year or not. But that would be one. Uh, you know, it's funny the Natter days. Uh, that's not nothing. I, that's nothing I set up for. But uh, it was uh, part of a sample pack I got from a friend of mine, and uh, I'm like, well, I'm not going to drink that. So it sat in my fridge for about a month, and as it warmed up, I'm like, oh. It's actually not too bad, you know. It's, uh, but uh, I'm also partial to Abita beer. You know, I'm from Louisiana, and uh, Abita beer is from Abita Springs, and I really like their strawberry and their purple haze lager. So yeah, I could go on. We could talk about that forever. But you know, I wrapped this past Sunday. I wrapped. It was it was day 100, and I'm gonna. I, I, I don't know if I'm gonna start something new, but uh, it's time to move on. It's 100 days. We're still not officially out of quarantine, so. I'm going to move on to something else. Maybe wine now? Uh, no. I don't, days of wine? No, I don't do that. Then that, that, that would that would stop before it starts. My wife could do that, but uh, no, that, that, that wouldn't go with me. So maybe music. Yeah, my, maybe fi- my fiance music. got me. My fiance got me into wine during quarantine. I've been, oh. I've been having a, I've really, really explored that side of myself. Um, I have one more 50 Summers related thing for you. Okay. Uh, there is a great cast of characters in this film. Uh, you, Rob Crane, Warren Buffett, J.J. Cooper. But I need either a your best Jesse Cuevas story, your best Alan Stein story, or your best Gary Green story, or all three, because I was intrigued by all three of those guys. Well, Alan is uh, he is quite the character, and uh, I, I heard your comments uh, on on the Rob Crane podcast, and they, they were accurate. Uh, I'll, I'll give you for Alan Stein his dedication. Uh, we had a meeting scheduled before the ballpark opened, February of 2011. And Alan, I go to my car to warm my warm my car up, and we're headed over to Warner Enterprises uh, for a meeting with their leadership. And Alan walks out of the back door. Slips, breaks his wrist immediately, falls and breaks his wrist. And he's in full suit. He's in winter coat. And I'm like, all right, yes, I need to call Werner and I need to postpone this meeting and reschedule. And he's like, absolutely not. We went straight to the Werner meeting and they got him a bag of ice. And we were there for an hour and ended up taking him to the hospital afterwards. Alan had two or three surgeries the next six months after that and still. Uh, doesn't play golf because of that injury. But that sums up his dedication to this project, his dedication to minor league baseball, and more importantly, dedication to relationships with our clients. And I mentioned that earlier, Kyle, that it's all about the relationships that we have in turning, you know, our sponsors into our partners. But, you know, Alan was always great to me. He, uh, he was someone I messaged this weekend and he, he, 
you know, he is out of baseball now, and uh, but he remains he remains in touch with us, and he's in Kentucky. As far as Jesse, oh man, I don't know that I could actually tell them on the air. Uh, there, there's a number of great Jesse Cueva stories, but I will support the most what, famous man in Omaha. You know what? That that is not too far off. The most famous man, but you know, here's someone who was all about Rosenblatt Stadium, all about college baseball uh, when Rob and I did come to town. And over time, I found out that that wasn't exactly true. Jesse is just a man of tradition and of baseball. And since we've made the move here, we do have a suite that we named after him. Uh, But Jesse comes out three or four times a year. Jesse sends me text messages. He's been so kind with phone calls to cheer me up and to keep me going during this pandemic. But he's just a fan of baseball in general. And, you know, he is uh, he's about tradition. And we brought a lot of things with us from Rosenblatt Stadium to Warner Park from seats and signage and just traditions that did not end up downtown at the college tournament. And this is where Jesse watches baseball. You know, he's never been downtown. He says he's never going to that facility. And that's his decision, not, not mine, not ours. Uh, but he's he is dedicated to tradition and to baseball. Uh, absolutely for sure. Who was the third, uh, you asked me? Gary about? Green. Oh, Gary. Gary's just a – Gary is your untypical, non-typical New Yorker. He, uh, he, he loves to come to Omaha – this is his adopted city. Uh, Gary is just a kind soul who really just enjoys people and likes taking care of people. He donated upwards of, I think it was 65, 70,000 masks personally uh, to different health facilities uh, and health systems here in the Omaha metro area uh, at the beginning, the onset of COVID. So, you know, Gary's just a kind person who truly cares about the game of baseball. He's, he's learning uh, about the game of soccer and the industry of soccer, as am I. But, you know, I've been I've been very fortunate to work with Gary, and I can tell you there's not anyone that us having to cut salaries, cut hours, or simply cut positions uh, here for both baseball and soccer, there's no one uh, that it hurts more than Gary. He just can't – he just – he can't believe what's happening in the world. He can't believe what's happening to our industry, and he really wants – us to get back to what is going to be a new normal uh, so we can bring jobs and bring people back. He seems like, and he kind of expressed this in the documentary, he seems like a, a great team owner to work for. Marty, you seem like a great person to work for. Thank you so much for joining me on Big Screen Sports. Uh, tell the folks where they can follow you on social media and catch your, your beer pictures if they if they <laughs> happen in the future. Yeah, Omaha Prez, P-R-E-Z, at Omaha Prez. Uh, from a Twitter perspective, uh, you know what is that? My I don't even know what my Instagram is. It might be the same. I, I think prob- it's the same thing. Yeah, I should, I, I should, I, I'm pretty sure. I should probably have a better a better handle on that. But uh, yeah, follow me there. You know, Twitter. I, I I give constant updates, and then you can always connect with me on LinkedIn. It's a little more business oriented there. Uh, it's a little more socially minded on, on Twitter, and then the fun side and. The, the, the looser side, if you want to see my ridiculous Star Wars collection or uh, my, 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 my growing like a beer or sometimes even music with my, uh, with my drumming, Instagram's probably the right spot there. But, Jeff, 
Uh, but Kyle, I, I really appreciate you having me on today. Appreciate what you do for the little guys, meaning meaning minor league baseball. You know, we are the forgotten of 2020. Uh, we will not be uh, going uh, forward in 21 and beyond. This industry will come back. Uh, we are the most creative. We're the most community minded, and you know, we're going to continue to push forward. And it's going to be different. But but for anyone that's out there listening that lives in San Antonio or lives in Des Moines or lives uh, you know, in Lexington, Kentucky, Omaha, wherever you're listening from, support your minor league team. And I'm not talking about minor league baseball team. If it's hockey, if it's basketball, uh, if it is baseball or if it's another sport, buy a hat, buy a shirt. Those are the things you can do today online. We are still all open for online sales. If you can walk into the store, go buy it. And when the teams return to action, if you went to zero games last year, please come to one game. If you went to one game, go to two. If you went to 10, go to 11 or 12. If you went to 50, consider buying season tickets, whatever it might be, because all of us are hurting. It's not just minor league baseball. So if if anyone out there is listening, please join me to help supporting all of minor league sports. That would be my my, my ask of everyone. Minor league sports are are just so important, and it's it's kind of what everyone in this in the documentary expresses that it is a people business, an experience business. It is um, something you know. I have memories of going to minor league games with my parents when I was little, um, all the way to bringing my son to one last year. I am very much hoping to to get back to the ballpark sooner rather than later and get up to Werner Park. And, uh, that, that one is, is absolutely my bucket list. I'm trying to get there way before the bucket, but, uh, Marty, thanks again. If you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, leave a rating and a review and check out all the podcasts on the blue wire network. If you are a baseball fan, check out my interview series from Phenom to the farm presented by baseball America that drops every other Tuesday. This past Tuesday had an episode with one of my good buddies, veteran lefty journeyman, Zach Dotson, a former Pittsburgh pirates fourth round pick. Really interesting episode, uh, so check that out. Next week on Big Screen Sports, we are covering Uncut Gems with Sam Esfandiari from the Light Years Podcast. So we will see you then. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.